into the party wagon and hold on to your pizza. In this episode, we're talking about Infestation 2. Infestation 2 was a two-part story written by Tristan Jones with art by Mark Torres. Infestation 2 was a crossover event in 2012 from IDW Publishing. It was a sequel to Infestation, a uh, comic one-shot that they had done. This covered titles such as Transformers, Dungeons and Dragons, G.I. Joe, 30 Days of Night, and of course the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The story starts with a close-up of a woman news reporter. She tells us of a minor earthquake directly below Manhattan, followed by a bizarre pattern of weather in the city as well. They mean basically blood-red rain. A panel of newspapers about missing person, sewer workers, and blood-red rain. We get a bit of narration from Donatello. It's hard to pinpoint exactly where this all started. It could have been the tremors. It could have been the storm. It may have been when people started going missing, or when the cops shot that something by the East River as they tried to drag a woman out into a nearby culvert. At the end of the day, it didn't matter. I knew deep down that everything was happening would eventually involve us in one way or another. We see a strange book with some gothic symbols in Donatello's hands as he speculates on the matter. Some old black and white photos in an astrological chart so that are drawn on the white pages. We now focus on a rather perplexed-looking Donatello, who sit in his, sits in his room reading this book on the occult happenings outside of Dunwich, Connecticut, 1929. His room has pieces of machinery everywhere and sci-fi stickers on his desk. There's several newspaper articles pinned to his walls as if he were a detective trying to solve a mystery. Michelangelo comes by to check in on Donnie. He asks if he found anything yet in those old books. Donnie tells him that he's reading about a sort of a doomsday cult from Massachusetts, Connecticut area. And then he tells Mikey that uh, they had a similar weather pattern back in 1929 and about a similar disappearance of people. The founder was a New Yorker named Block. They were found to be sacrificing humans to something called the Black Ram with a Thousand Young. The bodies of the people were found underneath the church in a large pit and the cult was shut down. He goes on to tell them as they talk about the old gods from other dimensions and he writes it off as nonsense. Mikey responds with, You know, for the nerdiest of the four-foot turtles who fight regularly with a gang led by a pirate catman, you're a lot less open-minded than I'd figured. He tells Donnie the cop is back on TV, and Splinter asked him to come and see what he had to say. The police lieutenant for the TV tells us that they have been unable to locate the 18 people who are missing, but also they do not believe that they are related, nor are they connected to the man that the police shot dead near the bridge. Splinter sits on the sofa for a while with the four turtles as they stand behind him looking on. Raphael looks like he has just completed his workout with a towel draped over his shoulders. Leo stands with arms crossed, with Mikey eating cereal in the background. Donatello comes into the room to hear what the lieutenant has to say, and the reporter asks if this could be related. He says, Reports of strange humanoids sighted around New York. Possibly he's talking about the turtles. Master Splinter has some concerns. The attention is en this entity draws concerns me. I fear the problems of the world above will find their way to us. The brothers discuss what the woman describes. It sounds an awful lot like them. And Raph asks, What happens if they start looking for more of these things and find a home? Donatello explains, I wouldn't worry. This whole section of the sewer was blocked off decades ago. It was meant to be part of a rail network extension that never got built, so they just sealed it up. We don't show up on any modern maps. I've checked. The only way in here is, is safeguarded, so we'll know in advance if someone's coming. Master Splinter starts a phrase, but his ears flicker. Abruptly, he stops speaking. The lights cut out with sparks of electricity and darkness. 
Everyone is surprised now as they sit in complete darkness. The brothers tell one another the generator must have overloaded, but Leo hears some terrible sound in the darkness. It's loud enough to freak out Michelangelo. Splinter strikes a match to illuminate the room. The other turtles get their flashlights into the generator room, and he is warning them they are not alone. Splinter and the four brothers quietly open a locked door and head into the darkness. Donatello shines a flashlight while Leo and Raph take point. Raph with sides drawn. A concerned look on Michelangelo's face as he walks into the dark room just beyond Donnie. Splinter lingers in the doorway. They look to see a deformed, hulking figure in the corner of the room. Not quite man, but mo more with parts that look like squid tentacles. He has a snarling mouth that is completely colored red. The brothers take off after him in pursuit down the spillway. Leonardo is the first to attack with his twin katana blades, slashing at the monster who has just tried to lash out at him with his tentacles. The monster recoils briefly in pain and surprises Leo with a counterattack. Donatello pokes his staff into the soft flesh of the back of its neck, and he pins him to the wall. As a relieved Leonardo slashes and stabs the midsection of the red monster and it falls to the ground in a mist of wet sound on the floor. Donnie checks on Leo, and he is okay. They examine the body, and they get a close-up of the skull, which has five yellow globe eyes, and it looks like two mouths, one on either side of the face. Its back and arms are covered with tentacles. A twisted expression of pain betrays the monster's final moments as the boys investigate how the monster made it into their lair. Donnie tells them, That must be where it came from. Looks like it pulled the power cables as it came through, too. The turtles investigate the opening. We see an open cavern with spider's webs and many skeletons strewn about. Donatello says, You know how I said our lair was off the map? Well, this is really off the map. Back in the lair, the turtles prepare to explore the depths of the cave. Michelangelo protests, We're going down there? I don't like it. Donnie tells him, There's absolutely nothing to like, Mikey. You think that thing's some kind of creature the same they shot by the river? Mikey asks. Donnie responds, Certainly seems to be similar characteristics. Raphael and Leah look on with arms crossed, preparing mentally for what's about to come. Donatello and Raphael discuss the anatomy of the creature, while Mikey tells them to feel free and check inside the one that Leo just opened up. But Donatello is more concerned that he had no idea that the tunnel was beyond their walls until the monster showed up. Leo takes charge per usual and tells them, More of these things? It may even be where the people are disappearing to. Either way, we need to go down, regardless of whether any of us like it or not. Leonardo's speech seemed to do the job. The turtles are motivated into action. Raphael asks what they want to do about the body of the monster they killed. Splinter tells them that he will deal with it, and he has to borrow Michelangelo's skateboard. The scene shifts to Splinter dragging off a skateboard with the monster's body dragging behind him. The turtles who began their descent into the cavern through the hole in the wall. Now each of them armed with a light source. Leo and Raph use flashlights while Mikey wears a miner's helmet, and Donnie has a lantern hanging from the end of his staff. They ask if this could be an old mine, but Donatello tells them Manhattan is built up on solid rock and there's really nothing to mine. The mystery continues as those who would dig so as to who would dig so deep into the ground. Leonardo hears something, and so does Mike, as he points out hideously deformed rats hissing in the light that they're shining. Donnie tells him that it's weird because he can't get a bearing from his compass anymore. And Mikey says, You think that's weird? Check this out. They look up what appears to be a red flesh and bone chrysalis made of limbs and spinal columns, with a mountain of tentacles riding, rising about 30 feet in height. Disgusting, yet impressive. The ground beneath them is littered with old bones and skulls. Leo asks, Donnie, what's all this? Don says, 
astounding. I've got to document this, Mikey says. If by astounding you mean messed up, then... Oh, yeah! Uh, you seen this before? Uh, it's the elements matching the cult images from my readings, but uh, these are made with uh, bodies. It looks like they've, they've been here for ages. Uh, the group of Dunwich uh, Block must have s started it here in New York, Donnie says as he puts the pieces together. Leo finds another passage with a room. They head in to investigate. They come across a sort of living quarters, one that happens to have a map of the tunnels that they're in. Donnie mentions that the map symbols are the same as his book, and he tells them that the map must have been for something they were digging for, and either they stopped short or they found it. And nothing good can come of that. Mikey gets excited and he wants to show them something. You guys want to see something rad? Check it out! He shows them two sticks of dynamite, probably used for blasting out rocks. Leo tells him to put it back to, before they go off. Donnie tells him that it's TNT. It's more stable than dynamite and, and better for charging. Oddly enough, it's a fresh case, so somebody has been down here and recently, too. Donatello speculates on which way the, dig the digging was headed, but he is cut off by Leo, who hears someone approaching. While investigating an open pipe, another red flesh tentacle creature bursts out and surprises Leo. It tangles Leo in its tentacles. The other turtles look on and attack the red monster in retaliation. Raphael jabs at his tentacles with his size. They got Leo, he says. The monster retreats, and the turtles follow. Donatello says, Get him back! This is where they're sacrificing people! Get him back! The monster retreats further with Leo, bound and gagged within his tentacles. Mikey, Raph, and Donnie take on the multiple red flesh monsters, but then they, they can tell it's not working. Mikey opts for Plan B. He grabs one of the charges of TNT, lights the fuse, and shoves it into one of the monster's mouths. He tells the bros to run! Donnie says, Remind me to kill you later! As the turtles race off to escape the blast zone, Raph yells for Donnie, whom is much farther ahead of him, and there's a large crash, and Donatello falls down. When he stands up, the dust settles, and it appears that he is alone, the only one to have made it to safety. The rocks fell solid, leaving many small gaps, but we see some red tentacles protrude from the spaces in the rocks. As Donatello frantically searches and pulls away loose rocks to reach his brothers, we see Leonardo pulled underwater, still tied up by red tentacles, his arms bound and mouth gagged by a tentacle. Leo is in serious need of rescue. To be continued in Infestation, issue number two. As issue number two starts, we see Donatello on the other side of the cave-in. He jabs at the rocks with his staff, trying to reach his brothers on the other side. He stood just above the rocks, we see a bit of red tentacle with a green arm sticking out from underneath the stones. Donnie puts all of his energy into one last push. With a mighty grunt, he is able to get enough leverage to slide the rocks out of the way, releasing Michelangelo. Plan B, huh? says Donnie. Plan A didn't seem to be going so well, reminds, re replies Mikey. I don't even remember having a plan A. Donnie helps Mikey up and through the tunnel. He asks if he's okay. Mikey says that he's good, but he's worried about Raph and Leo. As they walk off, a shadow with a tentacle seems to slink down from the ceiling. Donatello tells Mikey that he thinks that they're headed in the wrong direction to find Leo. A shadowy figure pulls up behind the two. Michelangelo hears and swings a nunchuck to attack. Raphael comes out of the darkness and catches the end of the chuck mid-swing. He removes some severed tentacles from his shoulders and says, Plan B, huh? Mikey responds again with, Well, Plan A really didn't seem to work, and Raph cuts him out with a smack to the side of his head. 
The frustrated Raph tells Mikey, Leave the plans to the Brainiac. Let's hustle. We got a bro to find. The scene shifts to a captive Leonardo entangled in red tentacles, including one into his open mouth. A man in black cloak addresses the minions of the red tentacle monsters. He tells them, You have done well, children. Long have you toiled, clawing with muscle and machine, to find he who freed you from your human shells and granted you everlasting life. And even when all seemed lost and his light dimmed from our sights, you remained faithful, forever serving his will, nourishing him with the blood of sacrifice where we could find it. He, re he reaches over and pets one of the creatures on the head. He walks over to Leo, who leans forward in agony, still with the tentacle in his mouth. Now the eternal chaos smiles. He wakes, strengthened by our sacrifices. Shabnigrath was trapped in the hollows of this earth, left to rot and fade. In this night, as the heavens bleed, the way will be open for he who has always lain. We will satiate his hunger with a special feast, the blood of a creature unlike any before seen, and then he will come forth. The man places his hand on Leonardo's head. Obviously, he means to sacrifice his Leo's blood to wake Shibnurgarath. Behind Leo is a large 30-foot creation of flesh and bone towering over the concerned turtle. The cloaked man raises his hands in excitement as he prepares for the moment they have been awaiting for all these years. In a dark corridor, seems to be made of living body parts, Donatello examines a gash in the walls. I saw marks like this earlier, but I didn't realize what it meant until now, Donnie tells his brothers. Educate us, dude, Mikey tells him. This gash was made recently. Leo must have managed to get an arm free and slashes a trail. These uh, roots or veins are getting thicker, too. There were less of them back near the lair. This must be taking nutrients from whatever they can find. That would explain why they, the messed up rats and all those bones we've seen. They find another slash mark to follow and descend deeper into the cave, headed towards the source of the roots. As they hit the bottom, they reach a new chamber, and a dead end. They stop just before an underground lake and see Leonardo's sword sticking on the muck of the shore. There's no other choice. We have to go in. They were taking him somewhere. He's either on the other side of this or the bottom of it. The three brothers dive into the water after their kidnapped brother. They swim through the depths of the lake. Deeper and deeper they go into the horrors that they see. Twisted corpses with tentacles running through them. They reach out with gnarled fingers as they descend. One snares Michelangelo by his ankle and pulls him backwards and away from his brothers. Donatello and Raphael rush to save him. Donnie hacks at the mass of tentacles with Leonardo's lost sword, while Raphael pulls Mikey free. They make surface on the other side of the chamber and gasp for air all exhausted from the swim. Raph and Donnie take a moment to regain their strength just before they continue to search for Leonardo. They say it's a good thing Leo wasn't down at the bottom of the lake, and Mikey makes the discovery of a large cave opening lit by torches. Raphael tells Mikey it looks like something out of those uh, barbarian fantasy comics you read. Donatello tells him it's a shrine of an elder god based on the symbols of the wall that he recognizes. He tells his brother keep, to keep as quiet as possible, douse their lights and maintain the element of surprise to save Leo. Raphael's lost his composure, and he lashes out at Donatello with, Hold on a damn second! I'm not rushing into this until someone tells me what's going on. You read the books. You know what's going on more than me and Mike ever will. You better stop keeping it to yourself! Donatello replies, All right, all right, uh, I'll tell you guys what I'm thinking, but we, we've got to get a move on. Come on! As Raphael gets in Donatello's face, 
Donatello narrates for us. All the books were so vague that I didn't even make the connection with what's been happening in New York lately. They always talked about giant monsters that could turn people into things, but the authors never seemed to connect all the dots. This stuff, all this fungus, the mutations, it's all part of the same thing. It's been part of one gigantic parasite spreading under the city like a cancer. It's looking for food to sustain itself, and it's using host bodies to help. It's probably been growing for decades, centuries even. Mikey looks a bit visibly shaken as he weaves his way through a maze of overgrown fungus as Donatello and Raphael lead the way onward. Donatello has no clue what this could be or what could be this powerful, but he does have a plan. As they make it through the doorway, they see Leo tied up in tentacles just in front of a large creature statue surrounded by lit torches. Mikey's shocked for a moment. Look at the size of that statue! Donatello tells him to ignore it and sticks to the plan. They reach Leo, but it's, he seems catatonic, and they use his sword to cut him free from the tentacle bonds. Several mouths at the end of long tendrils fall as Donatello lops them off of Leonardo's blade. The man in the black cloak then re reveals himself to the turtles. He asks, You would stop us? He catches Donatello and Raphael completely off guard, which, for two ninjas who were expecting something, really says a lot about his abilities. He yokes Donatello up by his neck and says, You will not stand in our way. You cannot undo what has been done here. The blood of the first among you will feed him. Yours shall make him unstoppable. He seems to have the upper hand on Donnie now as he grabs him by the neck and he holds him aloft with one arm. Donatello tells him, You, you're nothing but a puppet, manipulated by a giant dying mushroom that's been using you to bring it food for years. Isn't that right, Mr. Block of Dunwich, Connecticut? Raph and Mikey fight back a horde of red demon monsters as Donatello takes, takes on their leader, Block. He tells Donnie that he does not believe that they will bear witness, and he removes his hood, revealing a hideous gray fungus-encrusted skull face with no eyes or nose. Tentacles with small mouths protrude from under his robes. Block raises a sinister-looking dagger and threatens Donnie, Prepare, insolent maggot, to become something glorious! Donatello unveils his plan. I'm not a maggot! I'm a turtle! A ninja turtle! And you know what ninjas are good at? Striking by surprise, as he cracks a smile. In runs Michelangelo with two twin charges of TNT, each lit and yelling, Surprise! He throws the bombs, and they explode with a boom. Then another explosion, followed by another. This takes Block's attention away from Donatello and allows him to slip his grasp from the crazed acolyte. The plan was to blow up the veins and stop the source of food from Shub Nagarath. Donatello runs to check on Leonardo. He helps him up but an enraged block grabs Donatello again, and now with his tendrils, and saying, You will die! You will suffer the agony of an unyielding sorrow! Your brains will spill for his amusement! You will shunk! And we see a thin line form across his face of block, as his head splits in two from Leonardo's sword. Guy needs to learn when to shut up! The guys are glad to have Leo back, and he thanks them for saving him. They plan to make their escape, but behind them, Shab Nagrath comes to life. A full 30 foot high with glowing yellow eyes and several mouths, each fed by an army of red tentacles. It drops a massive tentacle on the ground with a thoom. Donatello tells them, We've cut it off from its food source. If we can keep him from feeding for a little longer, it should die. Raphael says, Oh yeah? How are we supposed to do that? Because it seems uh, pretty set on eating us. Leo and Raph dodge the attacks from the behemoth monster, 
Leo slices off some of the smaller ten tentacles while Raph digs his size in and holds on for a ride. Donnie sits back with his bow staff in hand just for a moment to think of a plan to finally put it down for good. He figures the 30-foot statue can do the trick. Leo keeps it distracted, and we see Michelangelo, Raphael, and Donatello as they try to jar the monolith free from its base to fall on Shubnagrath. Leo tells them to hurry as the three turtles finally manage to push the statue free. It lands on top of the monster, crushing its body, but not killing it completely. The turtles jump free from the flailing tentacles as Donatello tells them the cavern is collapsing. They need to get out of there. Mikey's had enough. He says, about damn time, as the four jump free in the nick of time, and the rest of the cavern collapses in a pile of rock and dust. When they're all safe, Mikey says, no more calamari on my pizza, ever. One week later, and things have returned back to normal at the lair, the turtles heal from their wounds. They spend some quality time on the couch together. Donatello comes in wearing a long black trench coat without his mask. He walks into the room, and we hear the news report say, Experts still struggling to explain the abrupt end to the strange weather pattern last week, Donatello narrates. I have an inquisitive mind. I seek to explain the unexplainable. In short, I think a lot. Splinter asks if he found anything interesting. He says no, just some old Michael Crichton novels, and heads to his room. He continues to tell us, The recent past, though, I would do anything to stop thinking about it. I can't, though. Some things you just can't ignore. Some things need to be understood, even if you know they're better left in the dark. We fade out on the scene of Donnie's room, where there's a globe on his shelf. Just behind it, there's a small, rat-like creature with a forked tendril tongue. So, that's the story Infestation 2. Uh, I wanted to mention that this artwork was very much inspired by Mike McNola, who you may know from uh, creator of Hellboy. And uh, there's a lot of use of shadow and darkness in this. It's a very spooky and, and um, it's very reminiscent of a Hellboy tale. Like you could almost imagine the, the BRPD in here instead of the turtles. So uh, it's really fun. The art is, is really cool. It's very different than anything that you've seen for a while with the turtles. And I, I really enjoyed the book. One thing that this reminded me a lot of was an episode of the 2012 Nickelodeon cartoon called Fungus Humongous. This was episode 10 of the second season, and it first aired on February 16, 2014. In this episode, a giant fungus spreads through the sewers. It causes them to face their greatest fears as it releases toxic spores to cause hallucinations. So, But the main difference here is that Leonardo is the last turtle standing. We see a great deal about the turtle's fears. Mikey, who's afraid of the mutated squirrelinoids. Raphael, whose worst fear was the robo-roach that uh, they fought in a previous episode. And Donatello, whose worst fear was that April rejected him. Leonardo's worst fear was actually losing his brothers. Leo takes the teaching from Master Splinter's latest lesson and creates a hole in the ceiling, letting the sunlight through to destroy the fungus humongous. That's pretty much as close as the cartoon gets to the comic, but it's the same end result. Still fighting a giant fungus. But um, this was a, f a nice, fun one, a nice, spooky one. I recommend it. Um, I know that it's available digitally if you can't find the issues. I'm not aware that it is uh, collected in anything, so you would have to get the the uh, two issues set if you're going to do that. So uh, the books you'd be looking for are Infestation 2, number 1, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Infestation 2, number 2, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I hope you enjoyed the book as much as I did. Hello? Guys! You're alive! It's good to see you too, Mikey. But where's Leo? I remember a cave. Come on! Ah! 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 Ah!
Oh no, Leo. Dude, speak to me, bro. Do you need mouth to mouth? All right, dudes. And now with your Mikey moment of the week, here is the bodacious Andy Doyle. Cowabunga! Whoa. Cowabunga, dudes. It's time for your Mikey moment of the week. Dude, can you guys believe that Raphael is actually afraid of cockroaches? Shut up, Mikey. You still sleep with the nightlight on. Dude, that is so not cool. Why would you tell the people that? They're going to think I'm a total soft shell now. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wait. Whoa, dudes. Whoa, dude. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, what was that noise? Um, uh, 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 Master Splinter! Uh, I gotta go, dudes. I gotta go check under the bed for monsters. Uh, keep the closet door closed. Uh, keep your uh, bedroom door cracked an inch. Uh, make sure the light, the hall light's on. Um, uh, I, I gotta go, dudes. Uh, I'll get you next week. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes! It's pizza time. And now, in a segment we'd like to call Pizza Time, here's Mr. Andy Doyle with a real-life pizza recipe from the Ninja Turtles cookbook, or a description of one of the pizzas that was either seen in the episode or in the comic. It's Pizza Time. Cowabunga, dudes! It's time for your pizza recipe for the week! Now, I got this recipe from this sweet old lady down in the sewer. Uh, I think she called it Something Wicked This Way Comes. Uh, I don't know, but get a load of these ingredients, dude! Eye of newt and toe of frog, wool of bat and tongue of dog, antler's fork and blindworm sting, lizard's leg and owlet's wing. What? What? Wait a second. What kind of ingredients are those? That, that doesn't sound like jelly beans and French fries or or black olives and pepperonis and sausage. Like what? what? There's not even any anchovies on here. Uh, okay, dudes. Well, uh, you're also going to need a moldy pizza crust. I mean, just let that bad boy sit out for, you know, way past the expiration date. Maybe sprinkle a little water on it, you know, expedite the molding mildewy process, especially down here in the sewer. Should take no time at all. Um, as for cooking instructions, wait a second. Double, double, boil and trouble, cauldron burn and fire bubble. What, wait, what, no, oh, no, no, that's my bad. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burning cauldron bubble. Where in the shell am I going to get a cauldron at, dudes? Well, I don't know who the shell would even have a cauldron. I better go find this old lady and, and see if these instructions are right. Um, You guys have a safe trick-or-treat night. Uh, I got to get to the bottom of this recipe. Something sounds a little off. There's not even any cheese on this thing. Like, I, I guess maybe you could use blue cheese dressing? Or blue cheese? Uh, I I don't. I'm sure it's delicious. Um. So what you're gonna want to do when it's done is just uh, you know what? Let's just throw that thing in the oven and burn it to an absolute black crisp. I mean, just just I guess better overcooked than under. Uh, and then you're gonna want to do the katana cut where you cut it into four equal slices, one for each brother. Let me know how yours turns out, dudes. Uh, I'm going to go find this lady. Uh, like I said, something really seems off here. I don't feel so good, dudes. Uh, ribbit. Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, IDW, Archie Comics, Nickelodeon Studios, or any other turtle properties. This podcast is part of the Epic Sewers podcast network. Check out our other great shows, both turtle-related and not. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper, with featuring Andy Doyle.
Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Hi everyone, this is Justin from the Fantastic Podcast. It's a show all about fan experiences from the things that we love. So whether it's your favorite musician, your favorite actor, maybe it could be about your favorite sports team, or maybe just uh, someone that you spent time with watching something that you loved when you were a kid. These are the kind of stories that we talk about. We uh, usually do a couple stories and uh, it's a shorter podcast so you can listen to it on lunch at work. So please check us out at the Fantastic Podcast. You can find us where most podcasts are found. You can also find us on social media. Thanks a lot and check out the fantastic podcast.